Not just excellence, but gay excellence. That is the topic we're going to talk about today with none other than the example of gay excellence himself, Bill Kalin. Uh, you all may not know this lovely gentleman to my left. Uh, but Bill is actually a leader of a very uh, successful marketing company here in Atlanta, uh, but also has gone abroad to many, oh, the whole U.S., really. Yeah, pretty much all over the United States and a little bit of dabbling outside of the U.S. Absolutely. So um, the other thing is that Bill Kalin is really a staple part of, I would call it, our Southern gay culture. Okay. Um, and I, I call it a father to the community. We're both uh, Gen Xers. And I've reached daddy status. Yes, daddy. Yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> the father of the community, I am. Yes, it's, it is. It's a, good, it's a good place to be, and it's a really special place, as there are not... Uh, there aren't that many men that were ahead of us that got to have that father status. So it's pretty special. Yeah. And uh, we, I want to remind you all, we're actually sponsored this uh, episode by AHF. AHF is a great place for you to go and get your gay healthcare needs, needs met, even when it's hard to pay. Uh, they've got some really great programming that can help you out. Check them out at ahf.org. So, Bill. We're going to go through, I, I want to kind of like uh, put this in two different sections. Okay. I want to get to know you so the audience out there gets to understand a little bit about who the real Bill Kalin is. All right. And then we're going to talk about this topic of gay excellence and explore that as to uh, two Gen X gays. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. So let's just dive right in. So I kind of mentioned you have this firm. Uh, marketing company that has been quite successful here uh, in the South and abroad. Yep. You guys have done everything from Lexus, W Hotels, uh, Cirque du Soleil, SDK, yep. you know, a lot. And then you have a nine-year successful, happy relationship. Yeah, and, most um, of the time. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> well, hey, I, I think you would be alive if it wasn't sometimes bumpy, right? And he'll be so disappointed that I had to toss that out. I'm sorry, baby. But we're uh, being realistic. You are. Right? You are. Thank you. 90% of the time, it's wonderful. Yeah, well, you, like I said, you wouldn't be no. authentic if you didn't say no. anything else. And what I would love for us to all learn today is, like, tell us a little bit what you think maybe you're too... Two best accomplishments are things that you're most proud of from this journey. Um, I would say my first one is being 100% a self-starter. Everything I've created, I don't want to say I did on my own because I have lots of collaborators and people that have helped me along the way. But um, I moved to Atlanta in 1995, the summer before the Olympics, with enough money for one month's rent and two weeks worth of food. Where from? Uh, Illinois, Champaign, Illinois. Okay. Um, and Midwestern boy. I am a Midwestern boy at heart. I've become more of a Southern boy over the years. I'm very proud of my Southern heritage now. But um, I've literally moved to this city with no job and just a dream. And um, and here we are. I'm horrible at math. How, what's 2023 minus 1995, oh, like 30 years or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably my the thing I'm most proud of. And is that something that you just you just loved yourself into that? Mm -hmm. Like, did, how did you know to like? Because there's a lot. 
It's very daunting. And a lot of our listeners out there are just doing their best, right? right. And so how do you, because, you know, if I'm on the site seat of 30, right, or 35, yeah. I, I, that, that feels so far away. How did you propel yourself? I think part of it was just pure survival, survival skills and wanting to prove to the world, to my parents, to my family, that I didn't have to follow the rules and I could still make it, right? I came from this idea of I was supposed to get married and have kids and join corporate America and wear my suit and tie and I didn't want to do it. I was even told at one point in time I would never survive, you know, if you don't learn how to conform, you're never going to make it. And so I think now it's funny that I've never really thought about it until now, but I think that sort of upbringing and my fierce need to kind of be the finger at that made me be like, well, yeah, I'll show you. Right. Which is why I think our topic is so appropriate because to me, people don't understand that generationally speaking, there's no examples. There's not a lot of examples ahead of you. No. And there's a lot of elders telling you you're not going to make it. Mm. And you're a great example of someone who was like, yeah, I'm going to make it. I can remember my mother and God, and I love my mother. So I don't mean this with any disrespect, but I remember my mother at one point in time, because I am not a sports person at all. Being like, how are you going to make it in the corporate world? If you don't know how to talk about football, like, wow. that's what men okay. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how are you going to make it? I mean, I can talk about football. Because <laughs> the quarterbacks and how good they look in those pants. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, I remember I distinctly saying that to me. And yeah. so I think, to go back to your original question, uh, my success, I think, is, is it, its core is to show people that I could do it and do it my way. Uh, no, I think that's it's beautiful though. I think um, I think that there are so many examples that we don't talk enough to or about. Um, but then those few that like you have a lot of visibility, you have a lot of leadership that you've had in your roles, and that's next level, right? That's not even just surviving for yourself, but you brought people along with you. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious though. So, Tell us a little bit about your work with Out on Film. Out on Film, we've had yeah. um, Jim Farmer here before, and I'm curious about that. And Out on Film, and then maybe other gay endeavors specifically that you've yeah. you know, delighted in. Well, I mean, you know, I've been lucky enough to provide. Uh, I couldn't always give money to donate, right? Right. I get that. I do well, but I don't do that well. I mean, well enough right now, at least, to just write a check to right. to support. Right. And honestly. It, didn't always have time to donate just my time to volunteer. But I always had, because I was in the nightclub, bar, restaurant business, now in the hotel world. You owned a bar, right? I did. Mm -hmm. Yes. Former bar owner. Yeah. <laughs> but I always had space to donate. Mm -hmm. And I would give the space to Out on Film, to mm -hmm. Aid Atlanta, to HRC, and um, and that's how I felt like I gave back. Yeah, um, is by providing my services um, for free. And I still do it today. I mean, we you know work with Alan Film. We work with uh, 
map, like, you know, I call them NAAP, but Metro yeah. Atlanta Area Professionals. And I, what I do is I give, I find them spaces. Most of the time they're my clients for them to host their events and to raise money. Or, you know, if somebody needs a silent auction item, I go to my clients and, yeah. and just try to do whatever I can do to, um, to support the cause. So, That's good. And what is the cause when you say that? The cause is to support my community. I think that that is something, as you mentioned, community. I think the concept of like giving to our community, where, where are you donating your time or your money or your resources? That is a concept that I see that our elders, right? Our fathers and our mothers have in their minds very much. It's a part of the culture. It's something that I've noticed we're not as woke to in our 30s and 20s sometimes to that. You know what I mean? You mean the new generation? Yeah, because it's sort of like there's the, the, the scraping and the fighting that right. was gone through. Well, I think that's an interesting concept. And, it, and it's not just the gay community. I think it's for everything for the, for across the board for the younger generation. For the gay community, what I think a lot of the young kids need to understand is there was a point in time that... Uh, no one supported us except us, you know, very few at least. We, it was our responsibility to raise money for HIV and AIDS. It was our responsibility to, um, you know, demand, uh, you know, medical attention for, you know, HIV and AIDS. It's now our responsibility to stand up for our trans community and, um, and making sure that they're taken care of because, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people that don't agree with us and if we don't take care of us then who will yeah um and uh you know i think maybe the younger generation because they haven't necessarily had to go through the struggle of of hiv and aids and and how the community had to come together to save our community at that time they maybe don't understand um sometimes the desperate need that existed, which caused us, I think, to get involved and, yeah. and, and all that. So, and it, and it is a conversation, like I've had uh, the same conversation with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra or uh, the Woodruff Arts Museum. A lot of people just think those museums exist because they exist. And what's happening is they're um, old time donors, the old blue hairs that have been giving mm -hmm. money, like big sums yeah. of money are starting to die off, and now they're trying to figure out how to engage with the younger community um, and educate them to let them know that, hey, look, these places don't exist unless you get involved and either donate your time, donate some money, or get creative to keep arts alive in, in the city. So it's across the board, and it just is up to us, I think, to educate the children that you gotta, you gotta get back a little bit. No, it is, it is. And if you think about it, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more, some of the compelling things that we can improve, that we still have work to do, you know, that the, we're still new on the scene. If you really, really think about it, I always talk about this on my last episode, we are, we're still figuring out what it means to be gay, like as a society, integrated, trans, lesbian, gay, all the other letters, right? Yeah. And really move forward and function and, and not live out the dreams of straight life, but well, truly our own. Well, completely. And, you know, I, even myself as a 52-year-old man, I can remember when gay marriage finally became legal. I was like, okay, now I can finally breathe. It's, we're, we're finally equal. People are going to leave us alone. Like, this is, 
the end of all that hard work and fighting and drama and tears that we all went through. And now, I mean, gay marriage was what, 12 years ago at this point in time? And now look, yeah. we are now again the target of the same type of fear tactics that they used when Anita Bryant was on, you know, mm -hmm. in Florida, ironically, mm -hmm. um, was going after the same thing that we are, you know, a threat to children, that we are grooming children. And that same storyline that was happening in the 70s is here we are again. So I don't mean to be Debbie Dahmer, but I don't think it's ever going to go away. And I feel like we're going to always have to be fighting and standing up for ourselves um, for a very long time. My therapist told me, and I think it's really great advice, is that because I was feeling kind of bad recently after, you know, who lost the election and we had the new president and I just needed a break of fighting constantly and I felt bad and I didn't know if I was doing enough. And my therapist was like, no, honey, he's like, the race you are running is a marathon. It is not a sprint. All you're doing right now is resting and gaining your energy because you're going to have to continue to fight. So. Yeah. Not to bring you all down. No, but... you know, I, I actually, so I actually believe something. Um, I think that for many generations, it will be a fight. I do believe that the ultimate goal will be that we'll come to a place in which we really truly respect, but there's so much time that has to go on because we've lived the whole of the world history in another direction, right? Yeah. For us to really get there, it's a lot, of, I mean, globally, right? I think, yeah. was it the recent African law around um, the, the, the killing of LGBTQ people yeah. now? Yeah. Um, that that's, that's okay, like yeah. that's, that's ex extreme, and that's where some people are on this earth. And I think the pendulum is constantly swinging. So the more it swings one direction, the more it's gonna swing in the other. So we yeah. have to just keep this, Keep this party going. Yeah, which is why um, thinking about oh, we'll jump ahead. Unification on sort of making sure that the baton is passed. Absolutely, from heart to heart. And I'd like to you know kind of check myself with what we were talking about earlier with the younger next generation. Yeah. Most of the people that work with me for me are millennials, twenty something. Yes, and they give me hope. They've taught yeah. me a lot. Yeah. Like. I know that we're always like, we need to teach the young generation, but the young generation actually has taught me ton, a ton. And I hope that I continue to keep an open mind and continue to learn and not get stuck in our old generation X mm -hmm. ways. Because when that happens, then we're kind of left behind, mm -hmm. right? That whole concept of woke and woke being bad is so ridiculous because being woke just means that you are committed to staying open and to being empathetic and to learning and trying to understand all different cultures, personalities, people, places, and things. And if we can live the rest of our days being woke, it would be a, be a blessing. It'd be a good thing. It'd be amazing. I actually think I, one of the things I don't, I don't try to talk too much about the advantages of children to not make people who don't have kids feel too badly, but having them, they're like little windows and they're constantly you're like, whoa, kids have something to teach me yeah. and I have something to teach them. And it's, uh, it's, I'm glad you, you clearly realize that. I think it's a very wise position to be in. I think you're the kids, again, that work for me. Are, they're, they're wonderful. They make me feel a little bit better about the future. The world. Yeah. Where it's going. Yeah.
Well, let's talk about some Q&A. We're going to do some gay Q&A here, where we're going to just ask them random questions okay. to Bill and get to know him a little bit better. Um, I will mention another sponsor of ours. It's ZuckaPizza.com. Um, Zucca is a great place to go get Italian food here in Smyrna, Georgia. Um, and we're just really thankful for their um, sponsorship of us and our mission. Go check them out and mention that Gailey Dose sent you. So, okay, first question is, gay pop star. Who is like your favorite pop star? Not gay, just pop star diva. Let's do pop star diva. Let me start taking off my clothes. Oh, okay. That's all I have to say. What's on it? What's on it? There's so much fun. <sighs> unpack there for me. There's so much good there. What? Tell me, like, what do you? Well, just... I'll put it in a nutshell. I was 13 in 1983 when I was introduced to her. I was a Catholic kid. Catholic daughter. Six kids in my family, large family. I literally bought her first cassette with the money that was given to me from my holy confirmation. <laughs> no joke. And she so was gay. literally <laughs> so gay. But she literally was the first person that I ever even heard say that being gay was okay. And um, called people out for being just absolutely ridiculous and absurd that there would be a problem with gay people in the first place. You know, the Truth or Dare movie, I was 20 years old when that came out. It was the first time I ever saw two gay men kiss. Yeah. I never saw a gay pride parade until that documentary. The sex book was the first time I ever saw any kind of like BDSM stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, and everything about it, and not only, and not only what she did for that, I mean, obviously she's makes some incredible music too, and is the cornerstone of dance music culture, and, and is a fierce, outspoken, not scared, zero woman. And so that, I feel like there's a perspective there that when I compare it to some people that we, you know, put on that pedestal, there are, that is just so well-spoken. She's like, this first, the first, the first, the first, the first, and anybody, Cher At was, level. Yeah. or when Cher, obviously, another gay icon, and I love Cher, but I don't know if Cher ever really outwardly, you know, spoke about gay, the gay community, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and you know, I think it was known that she yeah. was, you know, honored and revered. I'm sure someone will find a clip somewhere. I know, somewhere. But I will say that um, that I think that what you spoke about too is that Madonna like pushes the limit in so many other areas sexually. Yeah. Right? That just sort of like straight and gay people are like, oh my gosh, someone's showing us this stuff and it's not I'm just part of it was yeah. for me too. Oh my god. Right? Remember and the like parents bar, of course. It's <laughs> perfect. Isn't right. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what makes like rock and roll, right? Is like <laughs> you know, Elvis was the same way. Parents hated Elvis. And like parents kind of love they still do. So we'll go to we'll go to the next one. Right, we, so are, we, we can talk Diva, about the Diva Diva There's our gay men's favorite thing. Okay, tell me Connor, what is typical Gen X gay? Typical Gen X gay. Or like characteristic of us. Um, I think we have great taste in music. I think we're fiercely independent. Yeah. 
Um, I think we uh, are very brave. Um, if you are a Generation X gay man, most likely, like myself, I was it was I was eighteen in nineteen eighty eight, which was the height of the AIDS epidemic. I thought I was gonna die. I had to accept my sexuality, knowing that there could be possibly a chance that I would be dead by twenty two, wow. and I had to be okay that it was more important to feel um, live my authentic self with the idea that death could be a part of that mix. Um, and so incredibly brave, I think. Wow. You're right. But you're right. But I'm, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm lying to be here. I, I chose the other side of that, right? You kind of... Yeah, there was obviously a lot of religious things, but I just, that just reminded that you are, because you, you had that very real present risk at a very young age, just stepping out there being like, I gotta be me. Yeah, right. It's all I knew. I I knew. Uh, I and I've done lots of therapy to get over this, but there was a point, in a big part of my life that I thought I would be dead by twenty five, and then by the time I reached twenty five, I was like, oh, I'm not dead. Let me start a marketing company. Let me start a bar. <laughs> so so let's do let's do uh, favorite drag queen. Oh my God, it would have to be, and he's no longer with us, but his name is Tweakawee, John Barber, and he's my favorite drag queen because it was my first drag queen I ever met. I had gone to a bar called Kaya, which was up the street by myself on a Monday night, and I got my cocktail, and I was sitting in a corner, and was all nervous, and all of a sudden, a seven-foot-tall drag queen started coming my way, and I was like, please, please, no, 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 don't come, don't come, don't sit. And he sat down, and... Um, I often say that the irony of the drag community is um, they taught me how to be a better man. They taught me how to stand up for myself. They taught me how to always get paid, always how to be on the VIP list. Always. And again, there is, oh. it's true. Okay. And you're going to see a theme here. It's the same thing as Madonna. It's, it's, they taught me how to be fierce and fearless and speak my mind, how to cut a bitch if I have to, and to walk, stand tall, and take care of my shit. So drag queens for you were chosen parents. Yeah. There's, there's this dichotomy of, of the drag queens, you know, and, and, and women and the, and the, and the power of women and but they're but they were men or you know at those days back in those days too they're I'm sure I'm not sure I know that some of them were trans too we just didn't have yeah. that language yeah. at that point in time um but yeah drag queens raised my ass yeah. and um are you in a drag house uh I am uh, I am from the house of weed Okay. Well, no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Tweeka's last name was Tweeka Weed, but um, if I guess I was a part of the house, it would be the House of Weed. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's kind of fun. I'm, uh, I'm House of Love. Uh, I have a Sydney Love. Uh, she let me. Uh, I live for her. Yeah, you know, she, she at Bazaar, at my bar, she's perform. Did she really? Yeah, there. Oh. On Wednesday nights. And there were two levels, right? And there was this pole 
that separated the two levels, yeah. she would shimmy up that pole, go up to the top floor, and like backflip down to the ground. Oh, wow. She's bendable. She's <laughs> very bendy. Um, yeah, she's amazing. And she how great for her. I mean, oh, I know. And she's so authentic, Yeah, which is what I love seeing and then meeting her. And we had her on the show, and it was just yeah. incredible. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk about gay excellence, the topic of the show. And we're going to remind you, our final sponsor is R.S. Andrews, rsandrews.com, the best place you're going to find your HVAC needs, plumbing needs, electrical needs. Um, they've been a fantastic sponsor. Tell them the gay leaders sent you. And uh, thanks so much, R.S. Andrews. Um, okay, so gay excellence. So there's this concept in black culture that we know easily, black excellence, at least I've heard that a lot more. Um, in which individuals not only celebrate the success of others around them, right, which is one concept of it, and the second is knowing that those small sacrifices, those wins that you're doing are part of the collective, and that the struggles you're going through is to improve through excellence the whole community and lift it up. And I'm going to ask you if you think we have the concept of gay excellence. Um, is it something we talk about enough? Um, what are your thoughts on that from uh, applying that concept to gay culture and gay life? It's a tough question. Um, well, I mean, isn't that the goal for everybody? Whether you're gay or straight or trans or whatever you identify as, right? Is to live your best life and live it authentically and giving back to the community, giving back to the earth, leaving the world when it's time for you to check it in a better place than where it was at when you arrived. Um, I think for the gay community in particular, to have gay excellence, to, to, to show others um, that Yes, we are, I guess, always have been known to be, you know, we've been called deviants, we've been called child molesters, we've been called whatever. Unnatural. Unnatural. Unfit. Things. Um, to show the world, similar to how we started this conversation, that my drive to my success and was based out of showing um, my family, my parents, my the society watched this. And guess what? They did watch it. And you know what happened? Our relationship grew. It is better than ever. They respect me more than ever. I think they understand gay life more than ever. And I think the idea of gay excellence is to first of all, just be excellent for yourself mm -hmm. first doesn't matter like how everybody else perceives it. But if you want to take it one step further, create that excellence to show all the people that said, no, you can't, you're sick, whatever. It's your chance to be like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I do, I do, I do. And it's, so there's the part, like the personal, I did it. Yeah. The, the I did it of it. And I, despite, your praying disaster on my head. Yeah. I brought forth life and right. success. And when you do that as an individual, I think what we don't, I wish we 
and see how connected we all are. Well, because, yeah. right, when you do it there, and I do it here, and they do it there, that spreads, that rainbow spreads to the people that we're talking to and engaging with. And um, and that's the only way we conquer. Yeah. Right? Matana's like, boop, the little rainbow just spreads out. And little kids listen to her. Yeah. Right? And well, we were blessed for it. Absolutely. And I know I, I was coming from a place of do it, and you can, you know, give the world the finger. But, you know, to even, you know, kind of change that vibe. And I know we're always like, choose love, choose being nice, be the bigger person, show them. And that can get exhausting. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I know yeah. it does it's, for me. And it, that's when I want to yeah. yell and scream and be angry. And I've had people before, you know, say before, why are you so angry? And I want to be like, well, do you see what I've been fighting yeah. against for 30 plus years? I think you would be a little bit angry too. But if we can also take that excellence and take it one step further by being the bigger person and being an example, it's amazing how many minds you can change and you can potentially even change the world even more. Yeah. Um, I, I think the hard part is just accepting that's, that's where you've been placed in history. Mm -hmm. That's where it is. And so you do your role and it's, and there are many others that are going to be blessed because you did it. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Period. And maybe for the young ones coming up, they see us and we become an example to them. I know I have some young, uh, some of my nieces and nephews who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm hoping that I have been an example to them so that they know that you can do it too and you can do whatever you want and you can be whoever you want to be and you can live a life of complete joy and still break all the rules and, and still be loving and kind and good yeah. at the same time yeah <laughs> Break all the rules like get arrested and go to jail. Yeah, just no, not, not all the social constructs. <laughs> yeah. I um kind of shifting a little, let's talk about that gay excellence and gay politics, mm -hmm. which is the great thing. That. So there's so much we talked about earlier going on in politics that are now taking um taking rights away from our trans brethren and sisters that are that are accusing us of not being good for children, which is the biggest joke because we have right, we have so much psychological uh, trauma we went through as children. We're very aware of, yes. of children and how, um, how they suffer and hurt and grow. Um, what's your perspective on the visibility of gays in politics, the time we're at in terms of our place in politics? What are your thoughts around the topic? Oh, God. I mean, I think there needs to be more of us in politics. I don't know if it's me, necessarily. I've thought about it before. Bill Kalin for... I'd like to make an announcement. <laughs> and I do have faith in the next generation. So to all my millennials and my young people, and I know that it feels like your votes don't matter, that you know, you're not going to be able to change anything. We've changed a lot. We've changed a lot of things. We've made gay marriage legal. We have crossed a lot of barriers and boundaries. And um, we just need to take you over the finish. We need you to help take us over the finish line. Yeah, and, and, and not lose hope. No. Don't lose hope because I think that's one of the things that scares me the most. Sorry, I'm like, no, no, but no, it no, just no. scares me because there's so much like 
doomsday and like gloom and I, it's hard like economically it's hard for yeah, all of us absolutely. it's life's changed so much but like don't give up the hope and the dream because what we manifest is what will happen and i just don't like that we're struggling so much in our country i don't mean to be blind about it but no. like well i mean let's figure honestly, out how to fix to, to our gay children do your research too look up act up see what act up did in the 80s it was radical and we fought and 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 scared some people but guess what change happened and you know there's lots of different ways for you to get involved and i do have faith and hope that um you know the next generation is going to take it over the finish line well i we are we are committed to that end yes. here at the gaily jokes for sure and one one um one i'm going to pop in before our last yeah. question is really around gay mental health uh, so we think about our society we have i think twice two times straight people's um, uh, mental health issues. Um, we're four times more likely to try to commit suicide and it's harder in all categories for trans lives, but that's for adults and youth. And, um, and we know that there's one in five of our um, Gen Z's are in our community. So we, we have a challenge, right? We haven't figured out the mixture yet. Um, and I think about that a lot with this concept of the excellence, like and fathering well, and mothering the community. What are your well, thoughts? Well, my thoughts on that is everyone should have a therapist. It's a part of your self-care. If we as a society can look at therapy as no different than getting your Botox, getting your hair cut, getting your manicure. Your Botox, like that's a normal regime. It's true. <laughs> um, no, mental health. You have to, it is self-care. I hadn't gone to therapy. Um, I had hit a crossroad and probably it was the 90s, probably like 96, 97. And so much to unpack from years of childhood trauma. I swear to, you, swear to you, that fear that I grew up thinking that I would be lucky if I was still alive at mm -hmm. age 25, 30. Yeah. I, that probably would have been a, reality and it was therapy and self-care and uh, putting my demons to rest um, that helped me actually I mean we're talking about gay excellence helped me become the excellence that I am so a lot of hard work there today a lot of hard and work think, and it's that. and it's everybody it doesn't matter your level of the world we live in today everybody needs to unpack that with somebody and um, so that's that's my take on mental health. Don't be ashamed. Everybody needs it. If you can't afford it, there are resources. So my last question is actually about gay marketing. Yes. So um, this is your lane. This is your swim lane. Yes. As we think about gay marketing, yes. as we think about the images and the ways that we speak to our people, yes. what are your thoughts about gay marketing? Well, it's definitely changed. Yeah. I mean, again, 90s, all you would open up David Magazine. I'm, I'm sure it's still a little bit like that, but it was all men and it was all bodies and hairless. And, you know, and I think uh, we have, as a community, diversified that a little bit more. You know, you're seeing, you know, different sizes, different, you know, mm -hmm. gender expressions. Um, it's not just, you know, that leather daddy piece yeah um which i'm happy to see 
But I think, um, you know, gay marketing, the bigger and more diverse our community becomes, it's important, I know, for me to continue to uh, learn about the different demographics in the community as they change. Um, and that can mean age, gender, et cetera. Um, and that one message doesn't necessarily work for all. Our community has gotten to be so diverse that don't just think that putting a pride flag on your ad is gonna give the warm and fuzzies to the community. You have to dig a little bit deeper and maybe call out um, particular um, you know, segments of the community and remember that um, it's not just the shirtless circuit dancing glow stick dude. Right. So that's your question. Yeah, no, totally. And it's been a transformation and we're continuing to see that. It's interesting. I was thinking about this. You really brought this up earlier. Gay excellence to some degree, you said this, it's like every person, right? Yeah. Our goal here. And there's in our marketing, it's sort of like a when you kind of get all of us together, we're in every population. Yeah, I would say no nation is not blessed with gay. Yeah, so like, true. you know, it's, it's all it's and human. That's, and that's culturally too. Like, yeah. I think we need to remember there was a time that our gay publications only had white men who were shirtless and airless. You know, now, you know, black, Indian, Asian, yeah. big, large, small, trans. We are truly the melting pot of the world. And so marketing, Moving forward, we need to keep that in mind that we're a big, beautiful melting pot. Melting pot. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate having you so much. And I, I delight in this topic. And I know it's it's an intense topic, but that's what drives me to it. Well, it's fun to talk about it. And thank you for stimulating my, my mind and making me think about some things in different ways. Too. Absolutely. We thank you all so much for joining us. We remind you to love yourself. Love others and don't forget to smile. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. And we're out. Yay. Well done. <laughs>